0: Hi, this is Lea again from Brussels. Today I move from my usual favorite topics to look at another crucial one, drug presence in the EU. We've been struck in the past month by the huge presence of drugs in Europe. My colleagues talked about an important report in June giving an overview of drug presence and damages in Europe. Now I wanted to follow up on these report and see what the EU can do in this field. It is actually very difficult and delicate to tackle both the presence of drugs and their consequences. Because drug trafficking always finds its way. We can see that in 2023, despite the knowledge and means we have as a well-developed continent, the availability of drugs is still very high. The European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction, also called EMCDDA, had a very good overview of the situation. When they launched their annual report in June, the director of the monitoring center, Alexis Gosdel, summarized the situation on the EU continent.:
1: If we want to characterize the drug situation, there are three main trends. First is drugs are everywhere. Everything can be used as a drug today, and everyone can be confronted, either directly or indirectly, to any addictive behavior, but what is also new to the consequences of drug-related violence. Ten years ago, when we were talking about drug-related violence, we were talking about Central America. Today, we are talking about the European Union.
0: Let's have a closer look at the challenges. First of all, the European Union as a bloc struggles to effectively control goods entering ports, and it leaves ample opportunity for drugs to enter the territory. They usually transit through major ports such as the Belgian port of Antwerp and in large quantities. It is also worth noting that roughly 2% of the goods entering the EU are effectively checked. So in the following months after the drug report was released, the EU announced a series of actions around the reduction of traffic and the increase of drug seizure before they flood the market. And this is one of the most crucial aspects, according to Ruth Dreyfus.
2: She is a former
0: Swiss president, and now an active member of the Global Commission on Drug Policy. She gave me her view on the topic during a video call. Her organization brings together former heads of state and government that are keen to inspire better drug policy worldwide.
2: I think that only determined police action, determined customs and container controls, and of course exchanges of information between all European countries are crucial. But the second thing that strikes me as important, both at the European and global level, is the money that organized crime makes from drugs. Unfortunately, it's not just drugs, it's also trafficking in human beings, in organs, in weapons and anything else that can make money. But drugs remain the most profitable sector. And there, you have to follow the money and take it. In other words, we are really working together on money laundering, on monitoring the darknet and the means of communication. It's also about infiltrating these gangs. All this has to be done, in close coordination between all the European countries and between the European countries and the countries where some of these substances come from.
0: Ruth Dreyfus and the Global Commission on Drug Policy advocate for less repression of consumers on a general basis and a focus on the bigger fishes, namely organized crime. And this is echoed by the European Commissioner for Home Affairs, Ilva Johnson. Especially for the EU level on the 29th of September, she held the second EU-Colombia Dialogue on Drugs together with the Colombian Minister for Defence, Ivan Velásquez gomez
2: And it's clear that the organized criminal groups have been stronger and more professional in the European Union. But in my view, that is no excuse not to try to fight them even harder. And I think what is especially for the EU level is that... Um, cross-border element that has been more and more present, and also the online component that is also more present. And these both aspects of the organized criminal groups calls for EU actions.
0: In fact, the EU is consolidating partnerships with third countries where drugs are most likely to come from. In September also, the EU ministers of home affairs signed a joint declaration with their counterparts from Latin America, the text draws a commitment from both sides to coordinate efforts on criminal threats of all types. In addition, the European Commission has announced it will soon launch a new version of its European Multidisciplinary Platform Against Criminal Threats, also named UNPACT. and There should be more resources put into the platform and its work, but the Commission didn't provide any more details so far on the when and how. Brussels also announced an action plan on drugs to be presented on the 17th of October, and this should entail, among other things, an EU port alliance. These announcements show that the EU is willing to tackle the drug issue more seriously, but it takes much more to tackle the dramatic consequences of drug consumption and drug-related violence on the ground. A serious health policy is, for instance, needed. Now let's have a look at the prevention of risks. The highest risk associated with drug consumption is overdose, and this is particularly linked with opioids such as fentanyl. In the United States, tens of thousands of people die each year due to fentanyl consumption, and this is looming large on the horizon. In the EU, a greater diversity in the substances has been observed in recent years, including new synthetic drugs. What is dangerous is the mixing of the substances or even the presence of poison in the mixture. In order to avoid tragic endings, it is therefore essential to know the type of substances consumers take and also to monitor their consumption closely. This is where drug consumption rooms can be useful, according to many experts. Ruth Dreyfus is one of these advocates.
2: What This tool is extremely powerful for harm reduction. First of all, because it puts us in touch with users, and often marginalised users. The people who come to drug consumption rooms are those who don't use drugs at home in a cosy flat, but who used to do so on the street, running the risk of overdose in particular. So, preventing overdoses is very important. Antidotes availability. Advice and help to control consumption.
0: Some countries have taken this option seriously and opened drug consumption rooms in the past years. For instance, the Netherlands and Germany each count 25 of those all over their territory. Spain, Portugal and Denmark also have a few of these. But if you take a look at the EU as a whole, the total number of such rooms was only 83 in June 2023, and most member states don't have any. Another example of good practice raised by Ruth Dreyfus are the drug testing centers. It allows consumers to have their drug checked before consumption. Her country, Switzerland, has been developing these at a rapid pace in the last years. But in the EU, only 12 countries seem to have put such infrastructure in place. Slovenia is among those experimenting the option. While these infrastructures' main objective is to protect consumers from infections, serious intoxication and overdoses, they also open a dialogue with consumers. And this can only be beneficial for them, as Mrs. Dreyfus explained to me. In another register, it also allows the authorities to gather information on the substances present locally, as well as on consumption habits. Now these are examples of good practices, but what role can the EU play in the prevention of risks? Some things can be done to improve information sharing on consumption and risks, for instance. From July 2024 on, the European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction that I mentioned earlier will become the EU drugs agency, and it will be given increased powers. So far it was mainly producing reports, and they were very useful, but the mission was mostly contained to that. Now, with its extended mandate, the agency will be able to better evaluate threats, alert authorities, lead campaigns and link labs together. I talked to the agency director, Alexis Gosdel, who we heard earlier in the episode, and he explained to me concretely why this new mandate will be significant in terms of data collection, for instance. He highlights here how difficult this can sometimes be, due, for example, to different systems in member states.
1: At present, we do not have enough information on cases of death linked or associated with drug use. This is partly due to the delays in the development of certain national registers. But this is not the main problem. There is a difference between the member states in the way data on death is recorded in general and in relation to drugs in particular. Some countries, such as Sweden, manage to cover almost all cases. This means that the statistics sometimes give the impression that there have been more deaths in one country than in another. But in fact, this is because they have much better coverage of the number of cases and much better methodology. He also points to
0: other technical barriers, such as differences in data analysis methods from one country to another, or even a more obvious problem. The question of budget for collecting and processing the data. The future agency will try to fill some gaps in this field by supporting the Member States in their effort. For Alexis Gozdel, it is of paramount importance to make sure that the agency does not miss out on certain products or substances that may not be so widespread in one country or on the continent, but which still cause fatal damage locally at one time or another. Part of this work will consist in linking up laboratories and providing them with more samples, for
1: instance. We need to help member states detect and carry out toxicological and forensic analysis and, in some cases, provide them with reference samples for their equipment. This is because a drug can only be detected in toxicology if the equipment, for example the chromatography equipment, has the reference profile for that drug. This does not exist for new drugs, we don't have these profiles, so some laboratories don't have them. As a result, they are blind to some of the new dangers. To this end, the new mandate calls for the observatory to set up a European network of toxicology laboratories. The aim of this network is, above all, to give them the means to be better informed. In some cases, we will give them the means to carry out analysis that they cannot do in their own country, for example, because of lack of money."
0: Another of the agency's field of action will be to alert member states and run campaigns directly aimed at the public. And the EU hopes that this will strongly benefit the fight against drugs. But ultimately, the ability to really curb consumption and avoid risks on the field remains in the hands of the member states. They are the ones who decide, for instance, whether to better oversee drug consumption or whether to authorize doctors to prescribe heroin to people trying to overcome their addiction. I hope this podcast was helpful for you to understand the challenges at stake and the answers the EU is giving. A bientôt!